Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. I was at a meeting in the month of October a few months ago, and that meeting was called Vision for Opelousas. They had all the various leaders from our city, municipality. The sheriff was there. The DA was there. The parish president, chief of police. All these different men and women were there, superintendent of schools. And they were giving us just what they thought was going on in Opelousas giving us some truths about our city. And, and we know this, that there are some tough things happening in our city. We, we know that there are some battles taking place in our city. And they spoke to me. I was, in that, I was invited by another pastor. They spoke to us about this, some of the battles in our community. And one of the words that popped up quite a bit was lack. But you know when there's lack... And God comes in, he overflows. And they were being honest about things. And I've heard, I heard the word lack, lack of resources in our community. The enemy's battling that. In some instances, there are budget crises. I know COVID took a hit on many of our businesses. Some businesses closed down. So that's tax dollars that's going towards our schools and towards our city and parish. Even some battles going on with our schools, I heard the superintendent of schools say there was a lack of teachers. So in the community, I heard lack. I heard crime. I heard lack of teachers, some discouragement. I heard fear. In our families, I heard about lack of engagement from parents and poverty. In our church, a lack of unity. So the word lack came up, and you would think that fear and discouragement would take over. But I want you to know that I left out of that meeting encouraged Opelousas. Because when I reflected upon that meeting, I know that God is going to do a wonderful work in our city and in our region. And I want all of us to pay attention. There was a verse that Paul was writing to the Romans and Paul went through a lot of battles, but this is what Paul said. And I hope that this verse, this verse rather, gives you some encouragement at this morning. Romans 15.4. Romans 15.4 says this, For everything that was written in the past was written to what? To teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the, and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Apollosus, as long as Jesus is on the scene, we have hope. I want to reflect back to scripture, just like this verse says, to go back to history and to see what God says through battles, through tribulations, how when God comes in, he brings us hope, he brings us joy, he brings us comfort. And I want to let you know that Opelousas is not the only city that's going through some stuff. 
I tell you, the enemy's coming at us all over this world, this nation, attacking this region. The enemy is coming at us and he's giving us his best shot. But you know what? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We have some hope. When we reflect back to 2 Chronicles, the 20th chapter, we're going to start with verse 13. Judah is getting attacked by all of his its enemies, her enemies surrounding her. The Moabites, the Ammonites, the Meonites, they're waging war and having a battle against Israel. And this is where we start off. We're going to start off where God has promises to Israel. The war's coming, the battle's coming, but in that battle, God has something to say to the people. And I believe this morning, God has something to say to Opelousas as well. Can you follow me this morning? Starting with verse 13, the scriptures read, All the men of Judah with their wives and the children and little ones stood there before the Lord. Listen to this. Then the spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel. The spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel. Now, I want you to know I need some Jehaziels in my life. Well, the spirit of the Lord is coming on some men, coming on some women, some women to go ahead and speak with thus says the Lord. Listen to what he says during these trying times when the battle is surrounding Israel. He says this. Listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. Listen to this. For the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow, tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. You will have, you will not have to fight this battle. And listen to this. Take up your positions. Stand firm. And see the deliverance of the Lord will give you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. Do you hear that Opelousas and surrounding areas and Acadiana? The Lord will be with you. Today I want to entitle my message, This is How I Fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Can we pray? God, we know that there are battles in our city. We know that we struggle with battles on the inside, but thank you, God, that you will be here with us. So God, I pray this morning that you would bring encouragement, you would bring hope to our people And God, let us not just look with our eyes, God, because our eyes can be deceptive. We ask, God, that we would see from your perspective, because you know the future. You have spoken into the future, and in your word, you said that you would never leave or forsake us. God, we thank you for this day. We honor you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. This is how I fight my battles. You know, there's a phrase, a common phrase that we know now, and it's called, it says this, don't bring a knife to a gunfight. 
Has any of you heard that phrase? Don't bring a knife to a gunfight. Well, this phrase originated with the movie entitled The Untouchables. And Sean, Sean Connery was in that movie. He was on the police force and he was trying to capture Al Capone during the days of prohibition. And there's a man who sneaks into his house, a gangster coming into Sean Connery's home. And I'm paraphrasing what Sean Connery had to say. The man came with a knife, but Sean Connery has a gun. And Sean Connery mentions to him, don't come into a gunfight with a knife. Don't try to enter it in a knife because you know what happens when you come to a gunfight with a knife, what's going to happen to you? There's some problems, right? So in other words, you're using insufficient, what, ammo that has no effectiveness on this enemy, right? There's nothing you can do with that. I want you to understand that we also have battles. I mentioned to you about battles that's on in our city, how the enemy's trying to give us his best shot, but we also have some internal battles. How many of us this morning, we've gone through some stuff? I've had some battles in my relationships, sometimes with immediate family. How many of us have gone through some battles with our spouses? Some of you have, may have had an argument this morning. Huh? We have some relational battles that's going on, and we start to get discouraged. We start to have fear, uh, and we also have some physical battles. Some of us are, are battling some disease, might be cancer, that's trying to pour in. The enemy's trying to say that you're not going to live for a certain day, but maybe God has another word for you. I know COVID has crept in and tried to bring fear and discouragement, right, from physical standpoint, emotional battles. I know that mental health is a factor right now that's going on in our nation, in our world. Also, some of us may be struggling with financial battles, huh? Maybe you don't know where you're going to get the next paycheck in order to pay a bill that's sitting on your kitchen table. I want you to know that God is still with you. There are battles. And at times in those battles, we bring useless weapons to the battlefield. We bring weapons that are dull, which keeps us from hearing the voice of God. Some of those weapons that we're bringing to the battlefield, we're bringing fear. We're bringing discouragement. We're bringing pride. We're bringing anger, fatigue, bitterness, all those weapons to the battlefield. I want you to know that you're not alone in this because I've also brought those weapons as well. But I want you to also know that those weapons are ineffective in fighting our spiritual warfare. I must fight my spiritual battles with spiritual weapons. Can I get an amen? amen? Does anybody want some mammal for the battlefield? Is there anybody in the house that needs a little ammo for the battlefield? Because you've been fighting. You've been fighting, but you find yourself discouraged. You find yourself still fearful. You find yourself saying, God, I can't even make it. I don't know if I'll be able to make it the next morning. I'm going to give you some spiritual weapon that's going to, you can put in your arsenal. And I guarantee you, it's going to work. Are you ready? 
Come on, Appaloosas. Number one, I fight my battles with prayer and fasting. Now, some of us in the room may say, oh, come on, that's just a whole nother church message. I hear that all the time. But I want you to know when the Israelites, especially in the Old Testament, when they combined prayer and fasting, it was because they had a sense of need and dependence on God. They were helpless in the face of an actual or anticipated calamity. They brought prayer and fasting together when they were in mourning, in repentance, when they were in deep spiritual need. I want you to know this morning, Apollosis, that we are in need. I spoke to you about the lack. So there's a need that's in our community. You also, I also have some lack, some wars raging on the inside of me that I need God to come and pour into me so that I can have an overflow so that I can keep on moving in the direction of victory. We all have some lack. Let's move on to 2 Chronicles 20 verses 3. We're going to just kind of go to the front of that book. God spoke to the Jews. We saw God speaking to them. Now we're going to see what happened before God spoke his promises upon them. You know what they did? They prayed and they fasted. Let's look at it. Starting Second uh, Chronicles 20, verse 3 and 7, it says, After this, the Moabites and Ammonites with some of the Meunites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Eden, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already in Hazazon, Tamar, that is Unjedi. Look what it says in verse 3, alarmed, huh? Because sometimes we're alarmed. It's coming, things come to us. We're not expecting some things to come at us in life, right? Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. That means he didn't go to his army. He didn't go to a man. Jehoshaphat went straight to God. He went straight to God and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. He sought God. Now, don't get me wrong. Judah had a mass army, but they weren't prepared for this battle. And a lot of times in life, we're not prepared for battle and we start going to our friends. We start going to other people. We start going to our television screens. We start going all over the place, but to the God who can come in and rescue us and bring us peace in that situation. So I fight my spiritual battles. Number one, I go to God in prayer and I'm going to fast. Verse five. Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in the front of the new courtyard and said, Lord, the God of our ancestors. Come on. I want you to pay attention to this prayer. This is a deep prayer. Are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Listen to this. Say this with me. Power and might are in your hand and no one can withstand you. Now, I want to just pause right here. 
Because he's not only speaking to God, but scripture says that the wives and the children and the little ones were all what? In the atmosphere, in the scenery. They were all in the same environment. So as he's speaking to God, he's reminding the children, the wives, the family, the nation about who God is. So when I pray, and I was in my little boy's room the other night, I called him a little boy. He's 16. He's, he's taller than me. Don't tell him that. But when I'm in his room praying, I'm giving him an example about prayer. And when I'm uplifting and I'm glorifying the name of God, yes, I'm speaking to God, but I'm also speaking to my son. I'm also giving my son a reminder that in order to fight your battles, Mason, at 16 years old, you must also proclaim and speak to your father because your father is hearing you. Does does anybody know what I'm speaking about? So I'm professing, I'm speaking to my father, and I know my father hears me, but I'm also in there. It also goes back to what? My children. When I start to pray, it also goes back to my wife. Verse 7, our God did not drive out our inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend. And he goes on to conclude that prayer. Let's look at verse 20. I'm sorry, chapter 20, verse 12. Listen to this. For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but listen to this. Our eyes are on you. Apollosis, repeat that with me. Our, one more time, our, prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful. Prayer is a powerful weapon in the spiritual battle and fasting helps to focus prayer and give it resolve. When I pray, I'm speaking to God. When I pray, I'm also talking to God about the things that he's done in the past. Because when I start to speak about those things and those victories that God has done in the past, you know what it does? It starts to increase my faith. God, remember when. I remember when I had a business in another city and that business was struggling. I mean, I was discouraged. I was down, didn't know what to do. And I started to just go back to scripture, read what God has done with other victories. And I started to look at my life and started to say, well, God, you won this battle when I struggled in this area. Well, God, yes, it seems like I'm getting defeated from a financial situation here in this business. But God, you have me with other things that I see the presence of God and you're growing some things in it. So as I'm feeling kind of discouraged and fearful, God is reminding me that, hey, I'm your God. I'm not in competition with your enemy because your enemy cannot compete with me. 
God starts to remind me about how big and how good he is, and he changes my perspective so I didn't have to sit back and worry about this one business that may have failed because God brought some other businesses there that I succeeded only by the hand of God, and the losses here didn't even matter because the gains over here was astronomical. Only by the what? By the hand of God. I want you to know that prayer is powerful. James 5, 16 says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. A righteous person, a righteous person is one who has given his life to God, whose sins have been forgiven like me, like some of you. Our prayers, God hears that. And if you don't believe me, let's keep on going. First Peter 3, 12 For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. Can you imagine the heavenly, our father who's in heaven? He's paying attention to us. I want you to think about that. For those of you who feel that you're isolated and nobody's, nobody's watching you, nobody cares about you, I'm living my life in discouraged and fear, God hears you. The people of Judah admitted their lack and desperate state. We have to admit it, y'all. There's some lack in Opelousas, right? It's okay to admit it. Aren't we desperate? Don't we need God? You know what? Because desperate people seek help from God. When you're hungry, let your stomach growl for a couple of days. I guarantee you start seeking some help. I guarantee you say, hey, hey, brother, brother, I need some help. I'm, I'm hungry. Can you, can you give me a biscuit? Can you give me something? When you're desperate, you're going to go after it. Judah was desperate. When you seek God, he'll reveal himself far beyond what you can ever imagine. It's amazing when you just start to seek him in your desperateness. No one can match God's wisdom. He's beyond genius. No one can match his power. He's undefeated. I have to admit that I am lost. I am powerless without God. That's not making you weak. Can I get your eyes? This is important. When desperate people experience the hand of God in battle, they will go from seeking help from God situational to seeking God for help permanent. I've grown to a point and I'm not saying this out of boosting myself up because listen, I still struggle every day, but I've grown to a point where I don't seek God just when I get in trouble. I've grown to a point where my dependence on God is in everything and every single day. And I'm constantly asking God, where are you? God, I need your help in this. God, I'm glorifying you. I know you're bigger than all my situations and all my problems. God, 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 pray without what? Ceasing. It goes from temporary. Oh, God, I need your help. I'm in trouble. God, come rescue me. 
to where even before I jump in that hole, God, can you give me some instructions? I don't know what I'm doing. God, I, I, don't, I don't have the mindset to understand this. I don't have the mindset to understand some of these business dealings. I need your help, God. I don't have the mindset to come in and be a good father to my kids without you. I can't be a good husband to my wife without you. I need you, God. Number two, I fight my battles with faith. Let's go back to 2 Chronicles. Let's look at verse 15. And this is Jehaziel again. We're going back to our key scripture. This is what the Lord says to you, Judah, King Jehoshaphat. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz. So God is even... You know what he's doing in there? He's letting them know the strategy of the enemy. God will tell you where your enemies are trying to fight you. And you will find them at the end of the gorge at the desert of Jeruel. God's telling them your enemy is going to be over there. You will not have to fight this battle. But listen, you're not going to just stand firm and not do anything. Take up your positions, stand firm, come on, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. God had to speak to their emotions. Fear leads to hasty decisions. God sometimes has to come in our life and say, do not fear, Myron. Do not be discouraged, family. He has to speak to our emotions. You know why? Because when we're fearful, we're either going to fight or flight. Panic makes you do things that not only causes problems to you, but it causes problems to people all around you. There are times where you're going to go too fast because you're fearful. Ah, I'm not, they're not going to do this to me. I'm going after these people. Or there's times you're just going to run away from your issues. Either one of those is disobedience. Discouragement leads to stagnation or inactivity, immobility. You freeze. Both of those fear and also discouragement can distract us from the voice of God. But listen to this. I'm going to fight my battle with faith, right? Look at what faith does. Faith guides movement in the right direction. Faith does not walk as a coward, nor does faith walk as a fool. Because I want to stop right here because there are times where we try to be these muscular Christians. And we try to bark on people. I'm not scared of anything. I've got Jesus and you hurt people. Because you're going too fast because you haven't heard the what? The voice of God. And there are other times that you become a coward and you're scared and you won't say anything. 
But I want you to know with faith, faith has you moves at just the right time and in the right place. That's faith, right? Why is faith not a coward or a fool? Because the source of our faith is Jesus. He's all-knowing and he's all-powerful. We're connected to the right source family. Listen to this. They're hearing the voice of God. So God is speaking promises to them. But listen, after God speaks promises to you, there has to be obedience. We have to not only, what, be hearers of the word, but we also have to be doers of the word. And we say this all the time. But I want you to look at yourself because now you're giving yourself a, let's get a reflection upon you. Not, don't elbow your husband. Don't elbow your wife. Don't elbow your friend. This message is for me and this message is for you. Look at the obedience side. Let's move on to verse 20. Early in the morning, they left the desert of Tekoa. So God told them, what? what? He told them already. Tomorrow, march down against them. And look at what Judah is doing. Look at under the leadership of King Jehoshaphat. As they what? They didn't freeze. They didn't go too fast. They didn't go too slow. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me, Judah. And people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God. And what you will be upheld. Read this with me. Have faith in the, his prophets and you will be successful. When your faith is in God and not on what you see, because we walk by faith and not by sight. When we know who our God is, that God created the future. When we know that our enemy is not in competition with God because God is mighty. He is sovereign. We can begin to walk in faith. Lord, I believe you and I know you're going to be in that situation for me, whether I'm battling cancer. My marriage might be on the brink of divorce. I I may have a child that's addicted to drugs and alcohol, but I'm going to walk in faith because I believe that God is in control of this world. He's in control of the enemy and I'm professing to God what's going to happen in my future. Listen to this. A.W. Tozer says this. The Bible recognizes no faith that does not lead to obedience, nor does it recognize any obedience that does not spring from faith. The two are at the opposite sides of the same coin. You know what that means? Genuine faith won't allow you to sit on the sidelines. It will cause you to participate in God's victory for your life. When I have faith and I believe and I trust fully in God, I take the next step. I have to be a participant in my faith because we can't think that God is just a genie where we just say, hey, God, help me with this. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to sit back here and just watch you do your work. Go fight that battle, God. Thank you. God says, I got that battle. That's not the problem. 
But I want to see where you are. Do you really trust me? Because this is about you and the people around you. This is about you growing in your relationship with me. And as you draw closer to me, I'm going to give you evidence of how big I am. But you have to take the step. Number three, I fight my battles with praise. We heard the praise team. You know what Sunday mornings are? It's us coming together in fellowship with one another, and we're praising God for the things we're praying for before they even happen. Hmm? There's a purpose in today. You're not just here to listen to me. Yes, you're going to hear the word of God, and the word of God is going to increase your faith, but you're also going to be participants in that faith because you're not going to sit on the sidelines anymore. There are no sideline Christians. When you become a Christian, a genuine Christian, you become a disciple and you follow whom? Christ. You follow Christ. Let's look at verse 21. I fight my battles with praise. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men, listen to this, to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Now, I hope you caught this. The praise team went ahead of the army. You would think that the army would go ahead of the praise team. Now, Jehoshaphat didn't know how God was going to win this battle, but he was going to be obedient in it. And so he puts the praise team to say, God, I'm thankful for what you're already going to do in our lives. Now, many of us here are looking at like, I would never do that. And you know what? You probably wouldn't. But when you truly believe in God, you do some strange stuff. You do some stuff that the world don't even recognize. They look at you saying, Myron must be crazy. Russ and Makisha, you must be crazy for doing that. I would never in my life do that because they don't understand the power of God and they don't understand that God has already spoken to your situation and you're just walking in obedience. They don't have to understand, but you know who understands? God understands your faith. God understands that he's what? He's pruning your character. Look at verse 22. As they began to what? <laughs> As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah and they were what? The Ammonites and the Moabites rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. And they finished, after they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped to destroy one another. Now, I don't know how God did it. Some, some theologians believe that angels came in and intervened. We don't know the story, but we know that they were experiencing, they experienced this, the victory. We don't know how things are done. I don't know how God has brought me here from Mama, Louisiana. 
I don't know how God has rescued me when I was at Virginia Tech in the club. I don't know how God has brought me in situations and why he chose Myron Guillory. I have no clue why God did it, but he did it. So all I can do is just believe in him, trust in him, put my faith in him, keep walking in his word. I am going to participate in my faith. When I played basketball, I, coach, don't put me on that bench. Y'all, I almost transferred from Virginia Tech. I was playing a lot of minutes as a freshman. I was just mad. I wanted more. Don't put me on this sideline. When you believe in your God fully, you can't help yourself but get in the game. Praise is a demonstration of our thankfulness to God. Thank you, Jesus. My marriage is not going well, but thank you, God. Because I'm inviting you to my marriage. You're going to be my marriage counselor. I'm sick, God. It doesn't look real good for me. But I'm inviting you in my room because you're the chief physician. God, I haven't been a good father. I've done some things to my kids, but I'm inviting you in the room, God, because you're a good, good father. Where there's lack, invite my God. If you're lacking something, invite God in your situation and let the hand of God move. Praise is a product of our faith in God. Let me get your eyes. It outwardly expresses through song, by raised hands, by dance, through instruments. It expresses our thankfulness for God and our trust in God's character, God's word, and God's sovereignty. Praise him. Looking, listen to what Joyce Meyer said about singing and praise. Singing and giving thanks may, may not seem like the thing to do in times of trouble. But believe me, it is exactly what we need to do. It seemed foolish for the Israelites, I'm sorry, for, for Judah, to go before their enemies singing and praising God. What? Because the world's going to say, you better do something about that. If you don't do something, God's not going to help you. Y'all heard that, right? You know what you need to do? Because that saying, God helps those who help themselves, that's not in the Bible. That's not in the Bible. I'm telling you, just be obedient. Whatever God says, do it. I can't promise you the results. 
That's God's job. I spoke to you about the meeting I was in in Opelousas. And I spoke about the lack. But I also want to tell you about the victories. Because I want Opelousas, St. Landry Parish, Acadiana to start celebrating what God is doing in this place. We spoke about the lack of resources in our community. But through our legacy and our Christmas outreach, God is going to pour resources to his children so we can bless other people out there. We're partnering with Hope of Opelousas, CASA, Boys and Girls Club, First Responders, and wherever they have lack, God's going to take the two fish and five loaves of bread. He's going to multiply what we have. And where they have lack, God is going to be a provider. That's something that we need to celebrate our Pelusas. Also partnering with the refinery mission. In our schools where there was lack, our amazing staff, our team here at the Opelousas campus, they began to reach out. Principals were discouraged. There was one principal, in fact, she's, when we reached out to her, she said she was praying two days before. She was so discouraged, she was ready to quit. Our team reached out to her and she said, this must be God. Because I was ready to quit. And we were able to pray for her, bring some hope, bring some encouragement to her. Pray for her team. Pray for the students. And you know what? That's victory, y'all. Come on, Opelousas. We had a turkey bowl last week to where our students, directors, Rob Corson, Hannah Reisner, they went out to Gardner Field, had these kids play flag football. We saw over 10 schools participate, over 200 people that's at that stadium. And I'm going to tell you before you clap why that was significant, because when I was in that meeting, they invited some students to that meeting. And you know what they said? We don't have anything to do in Opelousas. We're afraid in our neighborhoods because we don't have anything to do. There are things going on around us. We're scared to go outside. I can't unhear that. I went back home. I spoke to my wife. I looked at my kids and I said, baby, my, our kids can go outside. They don't have an issue with anything. These kids, they can't go outside. So you know what we're going to do? We, we gave them something to do, y'all. 
and I'm not, listen, this is not to put the glory on our Savior's church, this campus. This is to bring the glory back to God because he gave us that revelation. I heard about the lack of families, the lack of fathers, the lack of participation from parents. We're planning on having marriage, parenting, and finance retreats, seminars, so that we can uplift our people and we're inviting the community. This is not just a local church issues. This is our region. When I first got married, I couldn't manage money and I'm an accountant. Get a little paper, you want to spend it. But I guarantee you with my walk with God, God has me. There's some people right here in this church that have the ability and the understanding of money and they can help you right now. God has put the gifts right here in the room. There's some people in our church that have some beautiful marriages. They're not perfect, but they can share some of those experiences with you. I can share some experiences early on in marriage. I've been married for 20 years. We're talking about fighting battles. I used to try to have some verbal disputes with my wife, and I learned that she, she, she goes too hard. This is not how I fight my battles anymore. I was getting word whipped. And then I learned, hey, don't mess with that woman. But God, what? He kept me walking. Oh, my, my, my that old hard heart, that old pride started to kind of drop. Oh, man. My wife started to look more beautiful than ever. Huh? There's some people in the house with some beautiful marriages. Parenting. And what about the church? They talked about lack of unity, lack of leaders. When I was invited to that meeting, it wasn't from a pastor of a large congregation. It was just a friend. I'm going. The the churches that were victim to the arsons. You know what they told me the other day? Mount Pleasant, St. Mary Missionary Baptist Church, Greater Union Baptist Church, their buildings are getting revived. The hand of God, the God, our provider and our protector. Right here a few weeks ago, we had services for a young man, a young barber in the community who was trying to do positive stuff, helping young kids, pouring into our youth. There was a leader in the community asked us, we don't have any place to have the funeral services because it's going to be too many people. There was over 600 people in the room. And listen, Pastor Eugene came up and gave a salvation message because funerals are not for the dead, they're for the living. And in there, we had all of Opelousas in here. We didn't know anybody. Some people we knew, some people we didn't, but we had a community because the house of God is for the city. And I guarantee you after that message, that message was so powerful, I know that I know that I know that someone 
gave their life to Jesus Christ and they're never going to be the same. You want to change your community, invite God. We've partnered with Love Acadiana because some people could not eat Thanksgiving this year. We're blessed, some of us. My belly was full. But some people couldn't get a meal. So we partnered with 13 churches and other businesses, and we were able to feed over 300 people, y'all, Thanksgiving meals. So don't tell me that God is not working and that victories are not being had in our church, in our community, in our schools, in our family. Our Palooza's God is good. I, I, I want to put verse 17 on the screen again. Let's put verse 17 on the screen. Second Chronicles 20, 17. Can we put that on the screen? And I want you just to read the highlighted portion with me. Take up your positions. Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. One more time. Take up your positions. Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Apollosis, that word is for you. That word is for me. So we got the ammo, we got the resources on how to fight our battles. Now the question is, will we be obedient? Because I can come in here a sermon all day long. It sounds good. Oh yeah, thank you. I had a great sermon. Thank you, pastor. But when the word of God hits you, there's an expectation from his people. Don't we have an expectation of God? Heal our land, God. Heal our city, God. Heal my marriage, God. We have an expectation of him, and yes, we should, but God also has an expectation of us. We're going to participate. I'm going to invite every man, woman, boy, and girl to come to the altar. If you can, if you're physically able, take a stand we're not running from the battle anymore. We're gonna go to the battle. We're gonna pray, we're gonna fast. In fact, at the beginning of November, about two, two weeks into November, we're gonna to speak to you more about prayer and fasting corporately. To January, next year, 2022. I'm trying to get it even faster on y'all. Bring him up, God. January 2022, prayer and fasting. We'll speak to you more about that. We're going to talk about, we talked about battling with our faith and now praising God. Now, can we demonstrate it? I want some praisers to come up. Take your stand. Let's get some praisers in the house. If you believe that God is going to do it for you personally, and he's going to do it for our community, our schools, our families, our church, I want you to come on up. And as you're coming up, I want you to see this. I have one more thing I want you to see. I want you to put it on screen. I want you to put this quote on the screen. This is so good. It's from a, an American pastor. He says, how do you pray a prayer 
so filled with faith that it can move a mountain. Listen to this. This is a question he asked. How do you pray a prayer so filled with faith that it can move a mountain? You know how? By shifting your focus from the size of your mountain to the sufficiency of the mountain mover and then stepping forward in obedience. So Apollosis, when you step forward in obedience and you participate in your faith, watch God move.